This past week, I had the opportunity to go flying in a small little plane in the areas uh, east of Oshkosh, around the east side of Winnebago, and over to Lake Michigan, passing over Stockbridge, Hilbert, New Holstein, Kiel, Chilton, and Cleveland. It was, it was pretty neat. And surely, as you can imagine, one can see plenty of fields, farms, and trees between. And there are even a few birds that passed nearby, not, not um, far away enough underneath the plane that we could see. But what really impressed me, maybe I'm biased as a priest, was how the churches stuck out, towering over these small towns, in a sense, even though they looked small from that high up in the plane. Yet, how also they were all spread all throughout the area was neat to see. And I really wanted to see inside a couple of them, so I guess I'll have to drive over because, of course, it's not easy just to dip down and visit a church like a bird would visit a tree to rest. But the church throughout the world is indeed like a great tree in whose branches all kinds of winged birds dwell throughout the world. And that's our image for today. We have the great cedar tree from the prophet Ezekiel in the first reading, and then Jesus picks up that motif with his parable on the mustard seed. In Ezekiel, it's promised that God himself will establish his holy people as this majestic cedar tree set high upon a mountain, right? With, he uses those words with large branches where the birds can dwell. And so it's got these great adjectives, motifs of tallness, grandiosity, and majesty. But then in the gospel, instead of a cedar tree or a cedar shoot, Jesus uses the mustard seed, starting with this tiny, tiny seed, which then grows into a relatively large plant with large branches, he says, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. So you see the similarity there, but there's also a pretty big difference, right? The mustard plants that grow around the Sea of Galilee, they're only about two to six feet tall, right? Not even close to being as tall as a grand cedar tree. But still, Jesus is making this allusion to Ezekiel. The thing is, Jesus does this kind of thing a lot, using such irony to explain that in the kingdom of God, God uses small things and makes great things. God makes great things out of small things. Just as that small seed produces this still pretty sizable plant, the small group of initial disciples around Jesus grew into the church throughout the world. The small prayers that we say here and there throughout the days have a big effect. The, fact, the sacrifices we might make are worth it. The small acts of charity, of love, and works of mercy that we do can bear great fruit. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. During this season of ordinary time, it's often helpful to take a look at those small things that God uses for greatness. Because it's with God's grace that out of them, 
the kingdom of God grows. So I'm just going to bring up two examples, which can sometimes seem like small things, but can actually be very, very important in our own lives and for the life of the church. And the first point is about the great opportunity we have as Catholics to attend Mass all throughout the world, even when we're on vacation. I know we have vacation season, a lot of people going on vacations, right? Me included. And the temptation which the devil loves to offer is something like this. Oh, it's just one Sunday, a small thing to miss. But if what we celebrated last week and Corpus Christi is true, that Jesus feeds us with his very body and blood, then it's of utmost importance. We can take advantage of the fact that Mass is indeed offered all throughout the state, the country, the world. You know, I have, I have some friends who aren't Catholic, and they've told me that when they go on vacations, they really don't have much option. Or if they do go to a, a Protestant church elsewhere, they might not really know what's going on, or they're not going to feel like they belong in some cases. There's not that unity. But that's not so for us. You know, I've been to Mass in a number of different states and countries and languages. I've been to Mass in Haiti, um, in the DR, Peru, and Guatemala in Spanish. I've been to Mass in Quebec in French, Jerusalem in Hebrew, Bethlehem in Arabic, imagine that, Vietnam in Vietnamese, and Cleveland. I've been to a Greek Mass in Chicago. I went to a Polish Mass. It's all pretty awesome. And I've even been to many Masses in English. Imagine um, this, in Winnicott, way out there in Winnicott. They have Mass in English. So. But to see people of so many areas throughout this great tree worldwide worshiping God together in the Mass is a truly unitive and uplifting experience. And not only that, but St. Paul wrote in our second reading to the Corinthians, and as we prayed for in the opening prayer today, we are called to firstly please God, right? That's the first commandment. And it takes courage to do that, because there can be many people to please, you know, especially on things like vacations, right? Many desires to please. But rather, as St. Paul wrote, we aspire to please him, whether we are at home or away. And it really can feel like home, to think that we can walk into any Catholic church to pray for a few minutes or to attend Mass, and we are meant to be there. If anybody here is on vacation, welcome. You are meant to be here today. So take advantage of that. We have a great gift as Catholics. So the second point is that we are also called to encourage others to dwell in this tree. We have as Christians the mission to evangelize, to spread the good, good news, to go out and bring others in. It objectively is a huge divine mission, but it is done on this small scale, one by one. The other day I noticed a robin nest on a light fixture behind the rectory, and I thought, oh, that's not supposed to be there. He should be in the tree, right? You may have nests, you know, above the front door, or maybe if you leave your car in the, on the driveway long enough, maybe a bird will nest in your, in your car. Whatever it is, we see and think that, hey, that's not where you belong, little guy. But we know that. We know that intuitively. It's meant to nest in the tree. 
And so what do you do when you first see the beginnings of a nest being built? Some people might, you know, kind of knock it down or gently try to move it into the tree so that the bird can continue to build it in the tree. But whatever it is, the point is to encourage the bird to nest in the tree where it's going to be safest and to flourish. There are many people in our, each of our lives that we have connections to who are kind of like those birds. They're nesting somewhere they're not meant to, or maybe they're lost, or, or whatever it is. They're meant to be at home in the church. Maybe they lost some of their faith, or perhaps they got out of habit um, out of the habit of worshiping on Sunday during the pandemic, even, right, even for, if good, for a good reason at first. Maybe we know some people that just kind of lost the habit. And so we can do what we can to bring them back, to encourage them back home. So you know someone, and if you see them falling away or see their faith wavering, take that step to be a friend, right? To encourage them, to sit down with them, to especially pray for them, that they may dwell forever in the kingdom of God. That's the mission. Okay, so Jesus planted this tree, growing large and mighty with just a few disciples to start, and the kingdom of God is continuing to grow. Firstly, within each of our souls as we receive the Eucharist each week or more, and secondly, by number, as we branch out and bring others in one by one. In these and many other small ways, the kingdom of God is coming to fulfillment as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ.